there are so many people in this industry that just burn burn out and they work 24 hours a day and they have, you know, they wake up and they're 45 and they're single and no kids and they're like, wait, what happened? Like, <laughs> I worked my whole life and, you know, and all my friends are married with kids and, you know, all this stuff. So, um, I'm married, I have two kids and I make sure that I turn it off. Biz Women Rock episode 152. <laughs> up ladies welcome to biz women rock this is your home for incredibly inspirational business stories from business women all over the world i'm katie kremitzos and i'm so happy you're here before we get rolling here's a little word from our awesome sponsor are you tired of hearing how powerful linkedin is but have no idea and maybe not even that much desire to learn how to make it work for you then you have got to get LinkedIn Focus. LinkedIn Focus is a powerful program that will give you the exact strategies needed to produce results for your business. Just go to linkedinfocus.com forward slash BWR. My guest today is Sarah Boyd, the founder of Simply Stylist. It is an entire community and event-driven company that she has built to be able to connect the fashion industry. She has a really cool uh, background in fashion and use her skill set to be able to kind of connect the dots between all of these great players. Um, She puts on massive events and during this conversation, we really go into what it takes to put on a really massive event and, you know, very impactful events and then how to continue building that out and how to create stuff based off of the community and the following that you're building because of that. She is smart as a whip. Let's get going. Sarah, what is up, girl? Thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. My first podcast. <laughs> podcast newbie. Woohoo. Um, well, you're going to get inducted into a very, very cool community of business women who listen to this show and, um, and women who just love to hear other women's business stories. And you've got a great one to tell. So um, before we really get into the nitty gritty of how Simply Stylist actually works as a business and, you know, different things that you've done to grow it. I would like to know a little bit about the some of the history. Like, how did how did you get into this space in the first place? What were you doing, like, right before you started the business? Yeah, it's been quite a road. Um, as soon as I finished college uh, back in Philadelphia, I moved to L.A. and pursued fashion PR. So I was doing that for about 10 years. And the beauty of fashion PR is that I got to meet and build relationships with so many amazing people in the fashion industry, like the biggest celebrity stylists, the biggest celebrities, the bloggers, when that started happening, editors, fashion designers, and all of these fantastic people. And, you know, after my years in the business, I was kind of over, you know, doing PR and wanted to really take my strengths and um, encompass all of my relationships and really build it into something meaningful that gave back and helped other women. So um, I had the idea of starting Simply Stylist, and basically what we do is connect. We're really the bridge that connects designers, stylists, up-and-coming 
um, women and men that want to get in the industry. And all of these through our monthly workshops, and we're really all about empowering, inspiring, and connecting like-minded women. So how does that work? Because... You know, from a business model standpoint, producing a product is a whole different animal than producing a community and c- producing sort of a place that people can really connect. So what were some of the first steps that you took in actually building this out so that it had value for everyone? Yeah, well, I was really lucky and had access to some of the best people in the industry. So I knew that um, I gave myself about three months to plan our first conference, and I knew that the first step was to have a digital presence. So, you know, setting up all of our social media, setting up a blog to really um, get the word out there um, for people that might be Googling how to be a stylist or how to be a blogger, and they would come to our site. And on that site is where we would have our tickets and, and all of that stuff for our conference. Um, and then it's building, I think it was Katie Holmes' stylist at the time was our first panelist. And we also had one of the biggest bloggers in the industry and then one of the biggest editors at the time. And we just rounded up all of these people. Um, Kat Sadler from E! News is a friend of mine, and I asked her to host it. So I really just pulled all the strings for this first one and um, knew I had to make this amazing event. And um, from there is when I started building, you know, all the email addresses from people that attended that and building the community. And um, it, it, it really was based on that first one, which ended up selling out and had, 750 attendees there. Oh my God. I was going to ask you how many people you had. That is a <laughs> lot of people. And it took you three months to plan that? It did. Yeah. I pulled every string that I had though over my 10 years. I'm like, all right, I, I gave you a favor 15, you know, 10 years ago. I need that favor back now. <laughs> so it was that one time when you have to actually ask back for, you know, what you need. And I definitely did that. And, and it was a huge success. So it definitely proved my business model. And um, that was really our first stepping stone into Simply Stylist. So let's talk a little bit about, because you've done a lot of events since, but I really want to talk about in your event planning experience to make an event a big bang, to make it super successful, what are some of the key components that you either learn the hard way or, you know, now <laughs> have really owned um, that make a super successful event? Yes, there are a lot of components. Um I think the most important is really when you need to sell a lot of tickets and when you need it to be a big bang um, is really building up the anticipation, not just saying, okay, tickets are available. You have to really build it and say, all right, early bird tickets are available in two weeks. Get, you know, get ready for noon at this time and really get everyone excited, build them up and always have teasers of different announcements. So whether it's, you know, um, announcing one of our keynotes or announcing, um, you know, a new sponsor or, you know, always just adding little little tidbits at a time to really get everyone excited and um, build up the anticipation. I think that's a huge um, component that a lot of people miss when they're doing events. Um, second is to not skimp on the details, um, making sure that, you know, all your printouts are on nice paper and, you know, all those tiny little details that sometimes you're like, oh, well, let me save a hundred bucks here or a thousand bucks there. It's definitely all in the details and people notice that stuff. So um, that's another uh, key factor in event planning. And um, I think I think another one is having the right staff on board to help. Um, you can't do it all yourself. You have to know when to delegate and when to hire the right people to help get the job done. 
So that's something I've definitely learned along the way. In the beginning, I'm like, oh, I can do everything myself. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> and it uh, doesn't quite work that way because I've learned, you know, my job is best, you know, running around and networking and talking to everyone the whole time and being being the owner of the company and being the host. And then I hire now an event planner that um, that's all the behind the scenes, puts out the fire, all the crazy stuff that happens. Um, and I don't know anything going on with that. She just <laughs> keeps me calm and I have a great day. So That's awesome. Um, I, I, always yeah. heard, I always heard the adage in events, um, if you have planned everything beautifully, the day of should be the most calm day of like the past months, you know? <laughs> exactly. And that is why my event planner is so amazing. <laughs> I love that. She's a major planner. And uh, yeah, she's like, the day of, it's just easy peasy. You just flow with it. And even if it's not, she's like, Sarah, you will never know. <laughs> yep. That's very true. That is a very good event planner. So what about marketing to get people to your events? What kind of tips do you have or what have you learned and how have you learned that? Um, and I ask because um, there's definitely somebody listening right now who either currently puts on events um, and wants to know how to get more people there, maybe 750 people or they're thinking mm-hmm. about doing events because it's really it's really a good fit for their business model. So what kind of key components have you learned to actually get butts in the seats and what kind of marketing you need for that? Yeah, so we have a bunch of strategies that we use. Um, I think our best strategy is social media. That's how the most people hear about us, uh, specifically Instagram. So um, all of our speakers, we make sure that in their contracts they have to promote our events through all of their social channels, and that is definitely a component when we are seeking, you know, panelists and breakout session speakers that they do have a following. So um, that's one. And when they do post about us, they tag us, which builds our following. Um, so we we do a few Instagrams a week, um, about two, three months leading up to every conference. So it may seem like overkill, but you figure people are only on Twitter or Instagram, like maybe once or twice a day. So if they miss your post, they're not going to see it until, or they're never going to see it. Um, so social media is really important. Even doing Facebook ads, it's not that expensive, but it definitely drives the right eyeballs to your event. You can target it to um, cities, age groups, interests, all types of things, and it works really, really well. And you get a full breakdown of who's clicked and and, and what's working and what's not. You can do all different types of photos and, and you can kind of strategize based on what's being clicked on. Gotcha. So I think social media, number one. Um, also a suggestion is to have a comping plan in place. So if you do come up to your event and you need 500 people filled um, in the seats and you only sold 100 tickets and the event's next week, you need a plan B. So um, you should have a few lists on hand that you can send it out to that are, you know, fashion-y or whatever business it is, you know, people that look the part and that can just fill seats. So, you know, even if you're not making the money on it, you still need to have those people there. So, you know, there's a bunch of different companies that can do that. There's like, um, I forget, like fashionista.com. You can pay to get on a list. There's a few Facebook groups. I'm in one called PR and Marketing Czars. And um, there's, like, over 10,000 people in that group. So there's a bunch of different avenues if you want to just get um, some people to attend for free. Um, you can Google it, too. But 
that's a good plan D just in case. Cause you know, we've tried some cities, like we tried Dallas once and you know, I don't think there's enough people in Dallas for us to make, have it make sense. So we had to comp a bunch of tickets just to fill the seats. Um, Needless to say, we're not going back to Dallas anymore. Gotcha. So, <laughs> you know, there's different different things like that, little tricks, because you always want to make, you know, if someone buys a ticket, they don't want to be the, you know, one of the few people that are sitting there. Right, exactly. You need them to feel, yeah. Um, what else? Marketing tactics. Um, we always hire a PR firm. It really helps. It's such a great investment. Um, and there's all different levels of PR agencies. Um and, you know, they'll get you on all the calendar listings, they'll get press interviews, they'll, you know, just really help with the buzz um, surrounding your event. Gotcha. Well, and thank you for going into those. I want to circle back to the actual story. So you, you know, you put on this very first event, it totally kicked butt, it was amazing. And what, how did you proceed to say, okay, now this whole business model is launching? Like, what did that really look like? Um, you know, I am one of those people that I, I go with my gut and, uh, I, I take risks and when I feel something, I go for it. And it was so amazing to see all of these great people there. And we, um, we, uh, did that event. And as soon as it was over, we got so many requests for New York. So that was the next step. And we started planning New York, which was six months later. So that was, you know, it was kind of a risk, kind of not. I mean, it was the next next step for something like Simply Stylist. Um, so we did that, and New York was another success. So then those were our two cities, and, and then we started on planning L.A. again for the next year. So it's just kind of this, um, you know, cycle that once it worked, we kept it in there. Um, then the following year, we branched to Chicago, and that was a success. We kept Chicago on our list. And like I said before, we also tried Dallas, and that wasn't a success. So we took that off the list. So we really, it's, it's about trial and error and seeing what works, what audience um, is a fit with your brand. And, you know, listen, listen to your customers. Like we, we get tweets and we get Instagram posts, and they'll tell you where they want you. <laughs> so I've got a ton of requests for Miami, so that's one we could, we could try. Um, so it's, it's really, you know, everyone that attends your event, send a survey out as soon as it's over, finding out what they like, what they don't like, where they would want to see you next. Um, so really, I think that's key listening to the people that are buying tickets. If you're tired of your spend and hope marketing strategy, why not give proven to succeed a try? Postcard Mania specializes in direct mail and postcard marketing and delivers winning campaigns using a combination of proven industry results and groundbreaking direct mail technology like Direct Mail 2.0. They partner with Google to track and follow up with people that visit your website after receiving your mailing. And they do personalized postcards, which is, by the way, how they got started and how they got their name Postcard Mania. When you set up a campaign with Postcard Mania, they dig into their database of proven results to find out what is working for businesses like yours. And guess what? They've worked with over 64,000 businesses, and the results speak for themselves. Like, for example, a Maryland dentist who tripled his patients by switching to direct mail 2.0. 
or the accountant from California who made $60,000 off of one single mailing. Or even the private school in Texas that added 820 online prospects to their list in just 13 days. The results speak for themselves. Use Postcard Mania for all of your marketing needs. Sign up for your free consultation today. Go to postcardmania.com forward slash bizwomenrock. So what do you do kind of in the interim? So you have all these people who are coming to these events. It's building out your list. What kind of regular communication are you having with them? And what kind of what kind of things are they asking for or are you providing for them sort of between events? That is a great question because uh, a lot of people kept coming to us after our conference and they're like, this is such an amazing community, but it's only once a year. I want I want more of it. So that's when we started our Simply Stylist sessions, and it's a monthly uh, event. It caps at 50 people, and every month we host a workshop, and every month is a different topic. So um, these women can come, still network with like-minded women, but also learn. And it's um, every month it's a new topic, ranging from uh, one month might be blogging, one month might be social media, one month Photoshop. So all these different. Uh, topics that you can't really learn in school. It's quick three hours, 50 people, 50 bucks a person, easy price point. And um, so we started them last year. And this year, we're also taking them to New York. So every month, we'll have one workshop in LA, one in New York, and then our conferences in um, New York, LA, and Chicago. So we um, we are staying pretty busy with them. And then... Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, but me personally, I mean, I have my team that really does the day-to-day, and then me personally, I'm always trying to build our brand and me as the founder of the brand. So um, I'm a contributor to Forbes. I'm their fashion and beauty contributor. I am a fashion host on Joyous. Um, I always am doing, like, panels and um, press appearances, things like that, just to kind of always keep my name and the company name out there, and um, I'm always you know, hosting my own networking dinners and just always staying in touch with people in the industry to just kind of always be innovating new ideas. How do you, I would imagine that there's a lot of opportunity for like sponsorships in, in all of these events that you're doing. Is that correct? Yes. Do you, do you capitalize on that? How, how have you built those sponsor relationships? How do you program all that stuff out? Like how do you package that for a sponsor? That I will tell you is the hardest thing that we've come across. We can, we can do great events. We have great people there. The hardest part is getting these sponsors because it's building the relationship. It's building the package, figuring out what's the dollar amount, what's the sweet spot, um, what makes sense for us, how will they be happy, um, what are the real benefits for them, and putting that package together and selling it because you have to figure these brands are getting pitched a thousand times a day right. from everyone and mother. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so it's, Again, it's networking. It's um, we have a blog, and we're invited to a lot of these press events. So it everything in our company kind of works together because we'll be invited to the press events, and then I'll talk about our conference with the PR person, and you know, or I'll interview them for Forbes, and then I'll say, hey, you should be on our panel, or you should be a part of our event. So it all kind of works together. Um, but it's really just. It comes down to selling them what they're looking for. And a lot of brands right now are looking for influencers, bloggers, stylists, and that's exactly what we can provide them. So it's really hitting hitting them with 
exactly what they need at the right time within the right budget. Uh, Sarah, I, I mean, you, the entire business that you've built is definitely one of like being visible and being out there. You're at these events, you're out networking, you're running the show, um, people know you. <laughs> That's got to keep you very, very busy and very much like in the limelight. What, what do you do to manage that? Meaning like, do you have, do you completely turn yourself off on weekends? Do you, do you have to balance some sort of like major quiet time? Like, how do you remain so actively in the the mix of of a business social life and kind of you know balance that with a personal life totally i know there's so many people in this industry that just burn burn out and they work 24 hours a day and they have you know they wake up and they're 45 and they're single and no kids and they're like wait what happened like <laughs> I worked my whole life and, you know, and all my friends are married with kids and, you know, all this stuff. So, um, I'm married, I have two kids and I make sure that I turn it off. So, you know, we have our office hours, which are nine to six and we leave at six and I turn it off. Um, weekends we're doing family stuff and I don't take meetings on weekends. I don't, you know, you can get it all in during the week. Um, I do, two to three nights a week, um, dinners, events, things like that. Um, and then obviously the only weekends I work are when we have our events. So I really, um, stay strict to my life balance because it's so important and you just fry yourself if you don't. I do, um, acupuncture once a week, every Sunday night I go to get time massages with my husband. Um, you know, you have to turn it off. I go, boxing a few days a week to release all my stress um <laughs> I and, love it. you know it, it helps it really does because then you go to the office you're like what was that hour what would I have done sat and done a few emails when I could have you know worked out for a day or just laid in silence and meditated while I have needles in my back like why not <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I think it's really important to have a balance in life Absolutely. So the the company that my husband and I own here in the Tampa Bay area is a very event driven company. I mean, anywhere from 15 to 17 events a month. So with a couple of signature events in there throughout the year, right? So very, very big stuff. So I'm feeling your pain on a lot or I'm, I'm hearing you on a lot of this stuff. But we like we completely shut off on the weekends. And it's like a very it has to be a very, very special thing if we're like going to going somewhere on the weekends. And especially and I would imagine this is true for you the people in our network and the people we do business with are like our best friends. Like they're, they right. have become our family. And so it's, <laughs> you know, there's, there's always that like, okay, we, we definitely have to shut off, but then somebody's having a birthday party and we go to that, but we're very, we're very conscientious about sort of having those boundaries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it is, you're right. Like a lot of my friends are people that I work with. So I don't really consider that work, you know, yeah. for meeting up and all doing dinner if my exactly. husband's there too. I don't consider that work, but, um, if it's, you know, taking meetings with sponsors and things like that, I, I don't do it on weekends. I, I can't. <laughs> now, <laughs> it's too much. How about, um, how big is your team? Like how many people are, are, are with your team kind of making all this stuff happen? Day to day, it's four of us. Um, we outsource a lot. Like I said, our PR agency, our event planner, um, you know, we hire teams in each city, but yeah, the day to day is four. 
Gotcha. And what has been your experience in growing your business as far as you being the leader of this team? I know you said you're not really in the the intricacies of all the logistics really anymore, but what? Wh- how do you spend your time with your team and what kind of stuff are you doing to lead them? Yeah, we do. Um, every week we kind of recap what's going on, what, what the key um, goals are for the week, um, you know, where our budgets are for, you know, all of our events, who we need to go after, how we can help each other with say, social media or going after brands, anything like that. We kind of brainstorm and just kind of regroup. And then um, every, I would say every six months, we do a massive brainstorm in our conference room where we put everything up on the wall. We usually bring in some consultants to help from an outside perspective and really revamp everything we have going on, make big decisions, um, and, and do all of that. So on a day-to-day basis, so I, you know, they, they know what they're doing now. A lot of my team has been with me since pretty much the beginning. So they, they know exactly how I work and how I know how they work. And we're very uh, on the same page and they know what they need to get done and give me updates all the time. So I'm not in the dark. And um, in terms of guidance, they always come to me and ask, you know, what's my opinion on this or how could I do this better? And, and it, it works well that way. I'm not micromanaging. I don't have time to, right. nor would I want to be micromanaged. Um, so, yeah, it worked, worked really well, and I love empowering all the women at my office and, you know, giving them a really significant role and letting them build their own empire within Simply Stylist. What do you think is one of the ways that you have most evolved as a businesswoman throughout these years? Huh. Gosh, probably I've become, I've become much more assertive. I've learned that you don't get much done if you're not, um, but doing it in a kind way. Um, you know, the vein of Simply Stylist is kindness, and uh, you can be the nice girl but still, you know, get respect and get what you want. Uh, so I, I think that is definitely something I struggled with in the past because I wanted everyone to like me and be the nice girl and, I, I found a good balance where you can get both. Gotcha. Ah, that's a really good lesson. And then I, re- I really want to close with what you are so excited about and where you see is the evolution of your business. What What is coming up? You've been opening in multiple cities. You're having the monthly events. What do you really see? What's your big vision for the company? Oh, my gosh. I I think too many visions. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a lot on the horizon. We... Um, some things I can't talk about, some things I can't. We've got our own product line coming out in the next month or so, which will be um, inspirational quotes that are on um, T-shirts and sweatshirts, notebooks, and then also prints that you can put on your wall. So that's exciting. Um, again, we're branching into um, New York with our sessions, so we'll have more events happening. We are talking to Dubai right now to potentially bring our conferences there. And um, what else do we have going on? I really want to do a retreat. That is one of my goals, have a Simply Stylist retreat where women can come, not for just the one-day conference, but we go to a, an exotic location and we get to be there for the whole weekend and better ourselves inside and out. Um, what else? Take over the world? I don't know. <laughs> Bring it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my so, God. So, yeah, that's just a few things coming up. Um, yeah. That's awesome. 
Well, Sarah, I really Mm -hmm. want to thank you so much for sharing your story. You got a lot of awesome stuff going on and gave some really good practical tips on, on just how to grow your business. So thanks so much for being with us. Good. Thank you so much. And if anyone has any questions or anything, um, can tweet me. It's Sarah P. Boyd. Um, or, you know, email me. My email is on my website, simplystylist.com. And happy to always help. I don't think that it can ever really be stated enough how important it is to listen to what your community really wants. And that's what Sarah was really saying in here that I thought, was awesome. And we hear it from a lot of women on the show, but I think it's so important to keep hitting you over and over again. What does your community want? What do your clients want? What do your customers want? What do, what are they asking for? And uh, what do they love? What do they not love? And that's how you build out the business. That's how you build out the offering. So I thought that was just another phenomenal reminder. Hope you enjoyed yourself today and you learned something new and you're going to put something into action. That's the key component. I'll see you on the next episode.